In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There was a group of school children who were on a tour of one of the great cathedrals in England. And they were going along the nave of this great cathedral, and the children were looking up and seeing the stained glass windows and all of the figures that lined that great nave. Well, some of the children who were raised in the church, they knew who these figures were, at least what they represented, and others didn't. And the tour guide said, do you know who all these people are? And one of the kids said, well, those are saints. And uh, the kids kept looking up, and then uh, finally the tour guide said, does anybody know what a saint is? And one of the little girls said, a saint is someone who lets the light shine through. And that's really a great definition of what a saint is. A saint is someone who allows the light, the life, the love of God shine in them and then through them to others. A fantastic definition. Well, saints are holy because God makes them holy. Saints are holy because God's presence and spirit actually sanctifies them, lives in them, and makes them holy. Now, I have an astonishing thing to remind you of today. You and me are holy in the very same way. We are holy because God's presence in the Holy Spirit dwells within us. We have already been made holy. And in fact, according to the New Testament, those who are baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ, those who are in Christ, those who have received the Holy Spirit, are in fact saints. They're already made holy already sanctified. That is something that we have received. We didn't do anything to get it. It is all of God, all of God's grace, all of God's presence and action and love. And so I could say to you that saints are actually receivers first and then givers. Saints are receivers first and then givers, and they never get that order confused. Because saints can only receive the presence and the life and the holiness of God himself because saints know that they don't have any of that themselves. The whole point is that God is bringing his life, his love, his presence, his holiness into us. Now, saints are not only receivers, they're actually givers also, but that is secondary because a saint who has received the life and the presence and the love of God will actually let that move through them and send that on to their neighbor, will send that on to others. But saints never get confused about what comes first. Saints never say, well, I'm going to give and give and give, and then I'll be holy. No, we start with the holiness of God, 
and the holiness of the Spirit and God's presence first. That is our true identity. And then we move on to giving. So we receive first and we're givers second. Well, how did all this happen? How did we get to be saints? How did we get to be holy? Whether you know it or not, we're about to make a saint today. We have Madison here who is about to become sanctified. She is about to be made holy because she is going to die to the human life that's tied to death. And she is going to be released and brought into the new life of Jesus, the risen eternal life of Jesus that has already conquered death, is already victorious over death, and she is also going to receive the Holy Spirit. This is the promise of our baptism, and Madison is about to become sanctified and made a saint. So, through baptism into Christ and his death and resurrection, we are made holy. We share in a new covenant of life, a new covenant of peace with God, a new covenant of the Spirit of God in us as the promise of life and mercy. In the baptism, we are born from above. There is a new birth, and if you listen carefully to our baptismal liturgy, you will hear these words of being born from God. There is a birth from God that is about to take place and has already happened to all those who are baptized. So, the Holy Spirit is given to us as a deposit or a guarantee for what lies ahead in the life of the age to come. Now, if you were paying attention to the readings, every reading had to do with the same primary theme or subject. What was it? Death. Every single reading on All Saints has to do with death. The promise of Isaiah that this terrible covering that covers all people on this mountain will one day be taken away and death will be swallowed up forever. In our passage from the Apocalypse, the Revelation of John, the new heaven and the new earth descends because God and his creation, and especially those who bear his image, are together forever. And where the presence of God is, there is no death. And that's why the tears will be wiped away and death will be no more because the life of the age to come and God's presence will finally fully be given. And then Jesus comes as the Son of God in order to inaugurate this new covenant of life, this new covenant of forgiveness, this new promise, and shows that he as the Son and Word of God, has power over death, even in this world. And so, we have this identity now as someone made holy, someone filled with the life of God, receiving the Holy Spirit, and that's why we truly can be called saints, because we are. 
We are called saints in the New Testament. Anyone that is sanctified by the Holy Spirit and baptized into Christ. Well, uh, let's talk about this a little bit more. Evelyn Underhill has some fantastic words about what it is to be a saint. Uh, She calls saints genuine artists of eternal life. Genuine artists of eternal life. The reason she uses language like this is because artists receive their creativity from God. Artists are just born with that creative ability and impulse. But a genuine artist is someone who takes what they've received and then they begin to work at it. And they work at it and they work at it and they perfect it and they're finally able to produce an awesome work of art. And so she said people like Augustine and Julian Saints, male and females, they are actually genuine artists of the eternal life that they were given as a gift, but they took God's life, God's love, God's presence, God's word, and they worked at it, and they worked at it, they worked at it, until they were able to produce something that was absolutely beautiful in this world. I think there's something fantastic to commend ourselves about what it means to be a saint. You know, uh, William Sykes, who is uh, the chaplain of the uh, University College in Oxford, he's not there anymore, but for 30 years he was the chaplain there. He saw many, many young people come and go through Oxford University. And uh, he admitted that he grew up with a rather jaundiced, view of saints, he says, because he grew up in England and his idea of saints were very much like those stained glass windows, right? And so he said that these saints looked cold and severe in demeanor. He said they looked thin and emaciated in body. That doesn't sound very good, does it? He said the turning point in his life came when he actually met a saint, for real. Now, he never said who this saint was, so I was trying to do the math about, well, what saint would he have met, but I haven't figured it out. But he said he met a real live saint, and he was surprised about uh, that the fact that he was confronted with a warm and loving person. This saint was outgoing and fully alive. He had a disposition that was kindly and sympathetic. He says his bright shining eyes were evidence of an inner energy and enthusiasm. In fact, he said this person was radiant, radiant. And then he asked a question. I wonder how they got like that. I wonder how they got like that. Well, we know that something was coming alive in this person. The divine life that they had received by the gift of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, God's love, God's grace, was received and taken, and that through worship and through prayer, through taking the scriptures seriously, 
by finding ways to help, by finding ways to get out of oneself and to serve others, and by getting out of oneself and giving to others, slowly but surely, this divine radiance began to take hold. And so he said that he changed his whole idea about what saints were by actually meeting one and getting to know one. Well, we are holy because we bear the image of God. We are holy because we have been born from above, born of God. We are holy because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And we become actually holy because of the same way that we received our identity, we continue to receive the love and the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy of God And we slowly but surely are transformed to actually become holy. The reason we celebrate the Holy Eucharist is in fact that we realize that we need a constant flow, a constant reception of this divine life in the Holy Eucharist. We need it in order to actually become holy. So if you think you're a long way off, the good news is is that you're already sanctified because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The second part of that would be, well, let's become genuine artists of eternal life as we take serious all of the ultimate things of life and apply ourselves just like a great artist would until we can see some type of God's perfection in us. As saints... We are receivers first and then givers. Let us receive today and let us give today. Amen.